Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. Well, good evening, everybody. Uh, we are going to have a really interesting night and so glad that you can uh, just come along. We want to um, welcome everybody that's joining us online. And tonight we're going to talk about depression. And that sounds like a depressing subject. But uh, actually, um, we're going to talk about what Jesus has done in our life to, to actually change it to the degree that if you didn't hear the testimony of these guys, uh, you may not ever even know that they ever were depressed in their whole life. Uh, Jesus is such, such a deliverer. And so we're going to just dive in. We're going to pray first. We're going to dive into this and just tear it apart. And um, trusting the Lord, really, that what comes out are some tools to recognize it, be able to deal correctly with it. And... Um, to not be plowed under and not be killed by the lion. This morning was a, a message about um, killing or winning in the pit of despair. Uh, and we are going to pick up kind of from this morning. You can refer to this morning's message in our podcast if you want to know more about winning in the pit of despair. But um, I'm going to start with a verse of scripture and then we're going to pray. And this is from... First Chronicles, the 11th chapter in verse 22, it says, on another time, Benaniah on a snowy day chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. What in the world does that have to do with depression? Well, anybody who has dealt with depression knows that it can be a lion and it can seem like a killer. And uh, it just... It, it can be so foreboding and ferocious. But uh, this man in the Bible, whose name is Benaniah, killed the lion. So we are going to tackle this subject of depression like killing a lion. And so uh, let's just pray. I'm going to start the prayer and then I'm going to bounce it to you. And you can just add on to the prayer and then you finish the prayer uh, as we begin. Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you for your wonderful work in each of our lives. Thank you for truth that makes us free. We thank you specifically for truth that makes us free in the area of the soul uh, with regard to depression. Really thankful for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you care about our uh, mental states, God. You care about our thoughts. You care about um, what we focus on throughout the days, Lord, that you're very close, that you're not just a distant God, but you're close to us and you care about our lives in the most intimate and close way. And so thank you, Lord, that we can know you closely and that you, you are always there, our ever-present help, Lord, in time of need. And so thank you that you've always been there for myself and you will always be there for us, God. Um, so we just pray this morning, that um, this evening, that whatever is shared, it helps people in a very close way. Um, 
Thank you, Jesus. Amen. It just as uh, Mitch said, Lord, we, uh, you, you do care about us. You care about us immensely. And Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you are good. You are a good God. You are really good to us. And Lord, you want your people to be well. You desire it, Father. So tonight is about you desiring people to be well and well so that we can be a danger to the kingdom of darkness. Amen. In Jesus' name, we pray this and we receive it. Amen. Amen. Um, <clears throat> there are different strategies that, um, you know, like maybe National Geographic or, you know, some kind of a documentary like that would do on lions. And all lions are, are unique and different, but there are patterns to the way they hunt. Um, there may be uniquenesses within that pattern, but there is commonly a pattern in, in the way they stalk, they prowl, and they attack. And they'll try to isolate out. And uh, in approaching this subject, like depression as a lion, I just see that there are some... Uh, there's some patterns where our experiences may be unique. I think in the time that I got to listen to your testimonies at, at, at another time, I see patterns. And so it's those that I want to just um, maybe to bring out and we can talk about them. Just talk about them and see what it was like. Um, you don't find yourself totally depressed immediately. It, it is a, it's a creep job. How, and, and it's, we all know, it's with thoughts. I think you mentioned that in your prayers. But like what thoughts? And for you, what started happening? What pattern of thought did you start having that led to depression? If you know me well, um, I'm, a, I'm a joker. I like to have a lot of fun. Uh, and so when I, I got blindsided by this, and if you had told me previously to this that, Kurt, you're going you're gonna to fall into a slump of depression, I would have laughed at you. I would have gone, that's not me. You know, that's not my personality. Uh, it's never going to happen. But it did, and it, and it blindsided me. From, I, I, don't know, I don't know where from where from. Uh, it, just, it just happened. Uh, almost like how you say, you know, you, 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 know, you have a predator. You know, they, most of the, 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 the hunted, they're blindsided. They, they, they get taken out without even knowing. Uh, and I wasn't prepared for it. And so, I mean, there's a preach just in that, being prepared, you know, for the enemy. So I wasn't prepared for it. And uh, before I knew, I spiraled very quickly. Uh, the, the enemy knew the button to push. And it turned into, see, my dad was a, he was a senior pastor of a church at the time, and I was his worship leader. So, much like your story that you spoke this morning and your message. And so I'm thinking, this can't happen to me. How, why me? You know, you sort you of go into the self-pity and all that sort of stuff. You know, this, this can't happen to me. I'm, I'm a pastor's kid. This doesn't happen. So, yeah, it just, it, it, it came upon me, and then, and, then this, and then it started to turn into something spiritual, Nothing natural, just spiritual. So I was aware of it, but after a time of not being able to realise for what it was, I was in a moment where I didn't know how to get out of it. Mm. Yeah, what, uh, what thoughts? What, well, before we go to Mitchell, 
Were there any identifiable thoughts in those early days? Identifiable. <laughs> Something I, 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 can't, I can't actually identify any kind of thought. Uh, it was more or less, uh, again, it was spiritual. Yeah. You know, people who receiving Christ, not receiving Christ, those sort of things. It was spiritual. It had nothing to do with the natural. I wasn't concerned about if COVID had been happening at the time. It wasn't anything like that. It was purely spiritual and the Word of God, you know, and what it was doing in my life. So it can, it can bring a certain kind of pressure when you start to meditate on things that you shouldn't be. So that was where it initially came from. Okay. And then, and then the devil would hone in. He, was, he knew, again, the buttons to push, and he would hone in on certain things that would activate it. Okay. Wow. Yeah. What about for you? Same question. Well, likewise with, with Kurt, actually, um, I haven't heard what you've got to say on this, but I just found there's some similarities there. Like, I've always liked to be a bit of a, a joker. I've liked to have fun growing up. I'm not really, I don't get too, um, too sad, quiet ears. I, I don't know, I've always found a way to kind of just make light of a situation or have some fun. Um, but I am a little bit of a deep thinker. So sometimes, ever since I was young, I've also thought and talked about topics that were quite big. Um, uh, some people know I've shared a little bit on Worldview yeah. recently um, yeah. over the last year. And we've covered some big topics on it. So those are the things that naturally as a kid, I think I just my mind naturally went to big things, big thoughts, big, big questions, questions on like, who am I? Where have I come from? What's the meaning to life? What's the, the whole purpose of the universe and big things like that. Um, and so that's always been like sort of home for me, just natural thoughts about those things. I never really struggled too much growing up with like deep thoughts, but then one time when I was an apprentice electrician, I think I was about the age of maybe 23 or something, 22, 23. Um, I remember distinctly, I was on a roof, just working, kicking some roof tiles up, getting into the roof ceiling cavity. And I remember just this thought that came to me and it was kind of the first time I think it ever happened from, from what I can remember. It was just this thought that, was, that said, there's no point to anything you're doing. Um, you're working, you're eating, you're saving, whatever things that you do throughout the week, your plans. There's no point to any of it because in the end, you're going to die. Your family's going to die. Your friends are going to... Every, everyone that you consider valuable in life that gives you meaning and, and joy in life, it's all going to end. Um, that kind of crippling thought came to my mind. Um, and I remember just thinking... What do I do with that? And, and there was some truth to that, right? There was like some truth that, you know, that we do die um, and our lives do come to an end here in, on this earth. So I was like, well, I can't deny that. And it did bring a certain level of depression. It was, or, or anxiety or depression um, brought a certain level of fear and discomfort and sadness. And then that was the starting point to me where I think I went on to about maybe six months or so um, of just sp spiral, just yeah. negativity. My mind was constantly filled with just negative thoughts. And anything that I found joyful in life, it could be eating something that I found delicious. It could be going for a walk in the afternoon, um, seeing the sunset, all those little joys. Um, every moment I had a little piece of happiness, this dark, deep thought of, yeah, but that too is going to come to an end. Yeah. 
and it would rob every single joyful thing I had. Like it was just this thief that every time anything positive came into my mind, it couldn't stand a chance because there was this, just this negative thought that overwhelmed it and everything found context in a bigger thought, which was just hopelessness. So that was my... Hopelessness. Thing. I think that's a big word. I think uh, you, you, said, you said that uh, it became spiritual in nature. And, uh, and I hear that same pattern in the way things progressed with you where it was common for you to think deep. It was common for you to think deep. It, was, it may have been common for you to think whatever thought you were thinking, but when there's a spiritual spin on it where then it's associated with foreboding and attaching fear... Uh, that leads to hopelessness and doom. That's not normal thinking. That thinking has help. When did it turn like that? You know, how, like Mitch said, it just started with the, just normal deep thinking. <laughs> but then on that roof that day, there was this spin where it went dark. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. So because it was spiritual, you, your mind's pretty powerful. You know, we all know this. The mind, it, 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 it's, a, it's a rabbit hole. Once it starts, it's, it just keeps getting momentum and it's like an avalanche. And thoughts just, you can't, all of a sudden it's gone so far ahead of you, you can't pull them back. So when it becomes spiritual, now God's my God, you know, he's my saviour. But it's actually affecting that part of it now. And when you know God as your Lord and Saviour, that's, that's the recipe for my victory. And now it's attacking that. Mm. It's attacking my victory in Christ and who I am in Christ. So it's hard to when you're thinking bad stuff about the Lord because you often up your question, why is this happening? Are you really a good God? You know, these are the, this, you know, Pastor Patsy talks about today, the silly thoughts, it's stupidness, the, the, the stuff that comes in and then the condemnation comes. You know, you're condemning yourself. I shouldn't be thinking like this. This is not how I think. I'm born again. I'm separated. I'm set apart. I'm, you know, all this sort of stuff. But then the thoughts come back, just like Mitch is saying. The thoughts just keep coming back, coming back. And before you know it, you're spiralling. And then your thought life has gotten so nuts, it's gotten so crazy, then the sleep deprivation cuts in. Did that happen? Sleep deprivation for me? Oh, yeah. I've struggled to sleep at times and struggled to even want to get out of bed in the morning. Um, Yeah, it affects your sleep. Yeah, the the sleep was my main thing. And when you start to... I've always said... Now, this is just my opinions, okay? I've always said that uh, you can't catch depression, okay? You can't... It's not like a flu. You know, you can just go out there and just catch it from someone. It starts with something. There's a trigger. And then when you start to lose sleep, there's a a chemical imbalance that happens. They call it serotonin. And then you start to, that's why your mind's starting to go a little bit nuts because you're actually, you know, you're not not getting the sleep that you need. So now my, now my, and the reason why you're not sleeping is because your thoughts are are going nuts and you can't sign them. When everyone else is sleeping in their house, there's nothing else around and you're thinking, why can't, why are they sleeping? Why can't I sleep? Then there's a real lot of pressure going on. You're on ceiling patrol all night, you know, looking at the, looking at the, the roof thinking, why me? Why me? And that's, that's when it becomes the pit. You know, like the, now, you've, now you've found yourself in a, in a spot 
where it's hard to claw out because I, it's nothing natural, it's spiritual. So now I'm struggling even to, to seek God on the matter. So now I feel hopeless. Did you have, he said that there started to be question marks then directed toward God and God's faithfulness. Also the same? Huge. Do you see how there's patterns here? Yeah. It got me to question everything that I thought I knew. Question my, um, just who I was. Question my future plans, even my job. Why am I being an electrician? Why am I studying to do ministry? Why am I... Um, why do I even believe certain things that I believe, you know? Um, and if you study things like philosophy or you look into great thinkers of the past and, and what they've said on big questions, um, a lot of them end up becoming a little bit just kind of, what's the word? They sort of take a step back from reality and sort of question almost their own existence, you know? Um, they can become what's called like a solipsist, someone who thinks that there's... You know, the only thing that's real is your own consciousness. Um, everything else is kind of a theory or something that's unknowable in some sense. Um, and then, like, you, you start to question, what's the purpose of everything? And so for me, I, I was raised as a Christian. I was raised in a family that loved Jesus, that went to church. We went to Christian schools. and um, But here I am questioning my belief in God as well because that too is something that I've always thought was true. Um, but in the middle of this dark, I don't know how to describe it, it's like a dark cloud or something that just comes over you and just sits on you, and sometimes every five seconds, uh, just another thought comes to your mind that's negative, and you you battle that. You're, like, fighting it. Um, And then another thought comes, and it's just like this wave after wave hits you. Um, Can I jump in on that? Because that's another pattern. You mentioned that you mentioned something similar that um, the thoughts were so many and he was saying it could be you know as repetitive as five minutes Uh, is that a characteristic I know it was for me a characteristic of uh, it there was it was relentless it never let up Um, and I'm going to go back to you then too um in identifying that particular uh, strategy of the enemy, then it sounds like as well, I didn't have that so strong uh, as far as questioning God. I just thought I was washed up. <laughs> but um, but don't you think that the lion, his, his strategy and movement all the way back from Genesis, the first chapter, is hath God said. Don't you think that the lions, um, what you would see him doing, he would work in such a way, strategize in such a way, that he builds actually a case against God? Don't you find, I think that is very, very interesting. Now, if you guys, uh, I'll just let you be... Um, as as open as as you feel in your heart that you are to be, but um, we're going to start coming on the upside of this. But before we do, you said you got into the pit that you spiraled. You spiraled. What did spiraling look like? And you don't have to be any more detailed than what you want to. This morning I was quite detailed. 
I'd never ever really told that uh, so much. Um, but uh, for me, I, was, I became fixated on taking my life. I don't know if everybody goes that way, but I, I was. And, um, but anyway, what did spiraling look like for you? Um, it got so... It got so bad. Now, you at home, you know, you might be thinking, oh, Mitch and Kurt, you know, like, you don't know what I'm going through. And we're going to tell you right now, you know, just so you know that we're on the same, we're on the same thinking level here. I'll be as transparent as possible. Um, my wife, and she'll tell you this, Tonya, she'll tell you that she was actually concerned to leave the, ho- the, the house with me alone because I may do something to hurt myself. So you can imagine just by that how I was. I was... I would stay in the room like yourself, sleep all day. Uh, my wife would find me just crying, just sitting in the corner, just crying for no reason whatsoever. I didn't even know why. Um, I had a business. I, had, I was running, a, I had an automotive business. I had to get my brother-in-law. I had to get another worker to run it for me. And I'm getting paid at the same time because we still need to live. You know, my wife, I got, I got two babies. You know, Christian was only one years old, you know, because this is, this is 17 years ago now. But... I'm still trying to live and I've still got that in my... So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work this out as well as trying to run a household, as well as thinking, Dad's a senior pastor of a church. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not supposed to look like this. Yeah. So the pressure, the pressure is insane. It's insane. So it was bad. I'm telling you, it was bad. So much so I went to psychiatrists looking for, you know, things to, to aid, which yeah. it's fine, you know, but they, they played the guessing game. They tried to find a few, you know, different ones and a lot of them I didn't like. One of them made me put on a whole bunch of weight. Um, you know, that's the problem with those, you know, some of those meds, you get, you get side effects. Um, so, and so, admittedly, one did help, which was good, that is good, but it wasn't my answer. You know, the answer was in the Word. That's where the answer was yeah. and I had, to, I had to develop my faith in that period mm-hmm. and I... It got so bad that I actually left Tonya and the kids. Now, not, there wasn't any, you know, yeah. there was no, nothing between us as a family. Tonya was trying to look after the kids. You know, that was her job. Her job is to look after kids. And I'm being a, again, I'm putting the pressure on myself. I'm, I'm being a, a bother on her. You know, I'm, a, I'm an absolute pain in the neck. You know, I'm in here. She's thinking he's supposed to be supporting us and he's not, he's, you know, she wasn't. But, no. you know, I'm thinking, that. thinking that. I'm thinking yeah. she's going through all that stuff. Yeah. So I actually left and I went and lived with mum and dad because what I wanted, and because I, I knew that we know the truth. We knew the truth, but it was hindered. It was hindered by stuff. So I said, dad said to me, he said, come and live with us. And I said, good. I said, I need you to preach faith to me 24-7. Just preach it to me. I just want to hear it. Tonya couldn't. Although she could, she's yeah. too busy looking after babies. Yeah. It was too hard for her. So yeah, to give you an idea, it was bad. It was really bad. Wow. Thanks for... It's actually, as bad as it is, it actually helps because it, it, it gets connects. Good. It gets good. It, yeah, it gets really good. Stay with us. It gets good. It's not just pretend. It's not just out there. What about you and whatever you're comfortable to share? Um, so for me, um, goes without saying, I, I know that this is only something I can speak on my own behalf. I don't know what everybody goes through. And if someone's listening and your experience is similar and you get something from this that's really great that's what I want uh, if your situation is totally different um, I'm not going to act as though I can speak on your behalf exactly um, but there are certain things that you can know that that can set you free so we're going to get into that but for my story what um, the darkest I guess pit that I found myself in was um, 
uh, laying in bed and just, yeah, wanting to die, things like that. Just, just sort of, um, Kurt was saying, you know, you've still got to run a life, you've still got to work, you've still got to put food on the table, you've still got all these things you need to take care of. Um, but you start questioning going to work. So you start questioning going to make money. And then, you know, so it's not just a psychological thing. It starts affecting your physical life too. Like, I mean, you might not eat if you don't go to work. How are you going to pay for the bills? Um, and so you're just stuck. Like, you are so stuck. Um, and it's, it's like, it's so weird to explain, but it's all here. Um, but you're just stuck. This thing is controlling you so much that you can't do anything and all your joy goes and all your hope goes and um, and for me I just thought you know I, I would start picturing ways that I could kill myself that was you know um, I won't go into explicit detail but um, maybe one example is you know you just get into a car and you just think I'm going to hit a post as fast as I can in my car but then you think oh I should probably use a bike instead I don't have a bike alright well what if I hit this post and then I'm left in a wheelchair or something, and um, I'm, I've added complexity to the situation now. I'm not just psychologically struggling. Maybe I've got some physical struggles as well now, you know, like um, what if I don't die and I live in a, in a worse state? So there's all these thoughts. It's like you've got to find a way that's going to end it quickly. Um, you could overdose on drugs. You could you just start thinking about all this stuff. Um, I'll stop there, but it did get worse. It, it got to a point where... Um, you start sort of making a little bit of a plan about it. You don't execute it. I didn't execute it, but I made a plan and certain things. Um, thank God I didn't go ahead with that. Um, so it got pretty heavy. It got pretty dark. It got really... Um, and then you start thinking, like, how can I get out of this? I'm stuck. Um, uh, I was very close to just going to a mental ward and then just sort of putting myself in there and just asking for help. Put me on whatever medication um, that I need. Just, um, just help me with these thoughts, you know, because I was desperate. And um, on that, I, I don't personally have a problem if someone is struggling with something so severe like that that you feel the need to go and take medication. Like, I'm not personally against that at all. I don't think that that's, like, you know, off the books. I think that that's something you would need to pray and seek God on and talk to your doctor about. Um, I'm not an expert and I wouldn't claim to be. I'm not qualified to talk on depression or anxiety. I'm just simply giving my case, story. my story, um, what I went through. Um, but uh, I do just want to say it was very, very dark and very difficult. And um, I felt, yeah, hopelessness was probably the best way of, of explaining it. Yeah. It was just there was no life. There was no meaning. Um, death seemed like the way out. Yeah. That was it was very dark. Isn't that interesting? It seemed like it, it, in the end, what that lion ends up doing is that actually death is like the best option and make you want that. It's so weird. But I, I, I think that is a commonality. Um, somebody was telling me today that in Australia, uh, Australia in all the nations of the world has a very, very high... Uh, suicide rate per capita and uh, uh, we knew that when we moved to Australia and uh, then there's been uh, spikes in that during famine you know and drought you know for farmers and different things like that I think what my heart in praying a lot for Australia in these days and a move of God in Australia 
we're confronting some of the things that have confronted Australians. And this is one. And, and I think uh, both men and women, and nobody has been, you know, it's, it's not just one or the other. It's, it's been both. And it's been ugly. And so something in me is, is uh, roaring against it, is really rising against it. And so when I found that you guys are trophies of the mercy of God and, the, and the, what the word of God can do in your life, that's what I'm just saying. You know what? Uh, let's lift up. There is hope. Because you use the word hopeless, hopeless. I felt that. And so we want to shout, there is hope. There is hope in Jesus. So um, it, we're going to just uh, turn it now, you know, because we've seen, seen kind of a route, maybe some pattern in there. Um, and maybe you've, you've seen some things that I didn't even draw out or identify. But I just think, uh, wow, he, he's, he's pretty slick at what he does. He individualizes his, uh, his dastardly work but it, because it works, it's not uncommon for you to see these traits of, of this lion-like thing across the board. And like you said, it can be unique and, and it's very individualized in each person's situation. One thing I did want to grab out because I think it's important. Both of you mentioned it. You had uh, medical help and you had medical help. And... Um, there's others that have had medical help that I know. I know I have talked to people personally that had so much guilt about having medical help that it only aggravated the depression. It made them feel so guilty and so bad. So that actually worked into it. And I really was hoping that you guys would say what you've said because we want to say this, um, Jesus is the answer, and Jesus is against, you know, sickness, he's against uh, these things of depression and all, but um, ways, natural ways of helping where they're not the Savior, they're not God, but if they can help somebody hold on <laughs> until they can get Helping God. I, I know Brother Hagen, Tony just mentioned this to me the other day. Uh, Brother Hagen had, has said, I don't know how many times, and in healing school I did hear it. He would say, um, I'll take you to the doctor, and if you don't have money, I'll pay for your doctor bill. And in the States, you know, you are going to have to pay. Over here, it's not so much. But in the States, that's really saying something. But what he was saying is get help. Get help, uh, but don't just stay with the, the medical if you, if you are using medicine because both of you didn't just do that. You got help in God. Yep. And so I think generally, um, and, I, and again, generally, we're always wanting to lift people to Jesus. If you've needed help along the way, good. But now, let, going back to you, you ask your dad to preach to you day and night, and knowing your dad, he did. 
Yeah, you did all right. <laughs> so, uh, what did you find in the pre? Was it uh, was it oh, a verse that you grabbed onto? What what was it that helped you in the Word? I found myself reading too much. <laughs> Note that. That's yeah, good. I found myself you, you because you're in such a, a state. You you you're trying to look for the answer. You're listening to every, every, every sermon, every, you know, you're reading every book of the Bible. I must have read it from front to back 40 times in the six months that I had this thing. Read it like a book. I mean, I did it all the, all the wrong ways. But I was, I, was, I was, it was panic and frustrated. I was so frustrated. I'm sure, and I was just looking for that magic word. Oh, got it. Got it. There it is. I found it, Lord. I, you know, it was in this book and this chapter. Thank you, Lord. But it wasn't. I was, because my mind just couldn't cope. But there was a scripture that I camped on for a long time. And I had to camp onto it for a while because it had to become a revelation to me. You know, you, you can read scripture and you know it's like, it's like, you know, there's so much just in one scripture. And it was Philippians 1.6. That was my scripture that I, was, that I was camping on. And it's being confident of this. And I often looked at that and thought, and I look at it now and I think it's amazing because we can be confident in the whole word, can't we? Really. But he emphasised this part. He actually emphasised this scripture. Being confident of this, that he that starts a good work in you, he will finish it until the day of Jesus Christ. And I'm thinking, he will finish it. I don't have to. Wow. He started it and I don't have to finish it. That in itself is, I mean, so I sat on that. I didn't need anything else because there's a lot of scriptures in there that can sort of upset you. You know, unless you get a full revelation of them. But I needed to camp on that and just sit on it and just meditate it until I got it. And once I got a full revelation of he, he started this thing, he's going to finish it. He'll finish it. So that means I don't have to do nothing. I just have to relax. Because we can go, you start to do it in your own strength. You would have yeah. done it in your own strength. You're trying to find the answer. I need to find this. I'm doing it. And you're getting ahead of God. Instead of being, you know, we get, we're driven instead of led. And so I was... It was that scripture, you know, and I, I, if you at home, if you're listening to this, Philippians 1.6, man, just camp on that. I tell you what, it's, 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 uh, it's just a relief knowing that he'll do it for you. You don't have to do a thing. Jesus, that is so good. So where did help come? For me, I tried to, at the start, do everything that I could naturally. So I tried focusing on hobbies and sport and things that I enjoyed. Um, and like I said earlier, those things maybe lasted a moment where you'd get a slight moment of joy and, and then some negative thoughts would subside and then some positive thoughts would come. But then that too would just start to get overwhelmed by negativity and just fear and doubt and questions. Um, you just didn't, for me at least, I just got over having to question everything, just having this sinis like almost like a cynical mind where it's, it's no longer sceptical in the sense of a healthy level of questioning and a healthy level of examining um, and being curious. It was like no amount of evidence would do anything for me now because I could question that too. It was just this really weird, dark thing. So for me, um, I started doing that. Help didn't really... Um, come from those things. Um, so 
as a Christian, I also was raised about knowing about Scripture and about the Bible. Um, and I would just try to find Scripture verses. Um, that's awesome. Um, Philippians 1.6, was it? That's, that's so powerful. I would find Scriptures like that. And for me, I've got a Scripture here that um, was also in the book of Philippians, funnily enough. But I would go back to this over and over again. It wasn't just Scripture. There was just a one-word, a one um, like the word just Jesus, that would bring a certain level of peace to me, just saying the word Jesus, or um, freedom, things like that. It might sound funny just hearing that, but knowing that those words had meaning and that, that I was promised these things um, took it outside of what I could do when I felt like I was just weak. Um, you know, if you're doing like a bench press in a gym and the weights are stacked up so heavy that it's like, you know, you might be able to bring that bar down, but it's, there's no way you're going to lift that. But then you've got spotters, guys that can help you lift that and get that up. Um, you know, um, I don't recommend doing that, by the way, <laughs> just on the floor. But, yeah, there are people that can help. There's something that's outside of yourself. Sometimes when you're so low and, and down, um, you need to reach out for something. So what, what it was for me was this scripture verse here. Um, it was many. It was many things. This was one scripture verse that brought me through Philippians 4 verse 6 and it goes through to verse um, 9 um, I might just read these three verses it says don't worry about anything instead pray about everything tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything that we can understand his peace will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus or as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. So I remember hearing that, reading that, and just going, um, I remember the first thought for me was like, oh, that's cute. Again, the question came back, and it was like, um, fix, fixate your thoughts on this. Just think about good things, holy things, heavenly things. And then I'm thinking, I can't. I would love to do this, God. I, I would love to think about heavenly things. I'd love to think about positive things. But it's like, you know, it's telling someone who can't bench press 200 kilos to go bench press 200 kilos. And you're like, yep. so again, I kept thinking of my own natural self. Okay, just think about positive things. So you start thinking about positive things. But you're like, it, it has to be more than this. So for me... Real vulnerable point, but for me, uh, and I don't talk about this much, but here I am um, sharing this. Um, I cried out to God. I prayed. I was literally just a sobbing mess. I cried and cried, and I was desperate, and I said, God, help. Help. Like, I don't know how to get out of this rut. I don't know what this thing is. I've never experienced this before, and I was hating the fact that it was a habit. It just kept coming back and back, and I started thinking it's never going to end. Never gonna end. I'm always going to be like this, you know? Um, and I just cried out to Jesus and I just, I just kept remembering that he's my ever-present help in time of need. And if that's true, 
um, then I, I can keep calling on Jesus and I can keep just reaching out. And if that's true, then, then that is going to win the battle. Like Kurt was saying, it's something that I couldn't do. It's something that Jesus did for me. And if you're out there too and you've experienced something like this or you're currently going through something like this, maybe you've also never experienced anything like this. This might, I pray not, but this, this thing might come one day. Um, Jesus is the answer. You don't want to draw on your own strength on these things. You can't fight some stuff. It's just beyond your strength. You have to lean into Jesus and, and he's always there for you. He brought me through it and I haven't had that um, experience now um, for probably, I don't know what, how long it is now, eight years or so, um, eight, nine years, something like that. Um, and it set me free. Um, one more thing I'd like to just really add to that. There were some other things that helped. So having a good um, understanding of scripture helped. Having some good theology definitely helped. Knowing who God is, what he's like, knowing how God views me, that really helped. Um, so get into the scripture, get into theology, get into understanding the word and understanding who you are and who God is. That really helps the mind as well. Um, and then having just good thoughts, like the, I would question everything and it would just get stuck with negativity, like I was saying. But then I started realizing that I didn't have to leave it at that. I started saying, why can't I doubt my own doubts? Why can't I question the things that I'm even questioning? If, I want, if, the, if the enemy was coming at me with questions so insurmountable that it felt too big for me, I, I thought I would just sort of play his game a little bit. And so um, I asked the question, why do I have to stop with negativity? And then I realized that actually my worldview was bigger than just negativity in that moment. Um, I was a human that lived in a universe that was created by God and that I was incredibly valued, um, valuable to, to God and, and to others as well. And so I remembered lots of these things that helped my thoughts as well. I started saying, why do I have to stop with negativity? Um, why can't I just think about positive things? Um, and focus on them. And so that, that battle just continued, but God's grace helped me just push through. And eventually those five-minute intervals of just wave after wave turned into 10 minutes. And then every 10 minutes it would come back and I would just fight again with the Scripture. I just keep telling myself what I knew to be true. And it's almost like, and you know, some scientists talk about like neurological pathways in the brain where if you keep thinking about a certain thing long enough, it sort of develops a bit of like a trench where um, you continue thinking that route and it just becomes easier to think that same thought because you're just constantly focused on it. Whether that's true or not, that's, that's what I've heard a few times. But if that's true, um, I thought, why don't I just retrain my brain to think about positive things? So by forcing myself to think about things that I know that are honorable, things that I know that are admirable, pure, lovely, things that I know that are true, fixing my thoughts on those things, that helped so much. I love that. Persistent, as persistent as those negative ones, then the Lord helped you through the scripture, through truth that you knew, to consistently and persistently uh, side with truth. And the truth dealt with the lie. Um, do do um, 
share from from your heart too. Go ahead and just as as Mitch said, what was it that helped him? And uh, but give your experience of coming up with the word you used uh, Philippians one six, yep. but like casually, kind of. Or really, so tell about it. So Philippians one six was my was this. It was a period of six months I was going through this. So that was the scripture that I decided was for me. That was mine. It wasn't anyone else's. That's just mine. So I pretended God would. You know, that's that's what He's saying to me. But I I wasn't there yet. You know, it was. It, I still needed this thing gone. And this particular testimony, I never shared. I never shared for years because I was quite embarrassed about it. And it wasn't about the depression part. And it's about this part I'm about to tell you. And it's not, it, it was nothing I used to brag about because I was, I was actually disgusted in myself. What, would, what happened was at the end of the six months, I was laying in bed at Dad's house in the spare bedroom. And uh, he had a TV and then I was watching a movie on there. I forget, it was, I think it was a Jeffrey Rush movie about a swimming something. When you're, when you're not feeling that well, you forget even the movie half the time because <laughs> your mind's right. Anyway, so after six months of this, I am, I've had it. I'm actually worn out. Physically, I'm worn out. I'm, I'm, I've just got no even strength to fight. And so I'm laying in bed and I, I, I sat up out of bed and I got my finger like this and I pointed at the ceiling. And I was actually pointing it at God. And you know what it's like when you, you know, if you're married, you know, you've got a partner, you tend to take it out on them, don't you? You know, when you have a, when you have a rough day, they're the ones that cop it. <laughs> you know, you come home and you say, oh, I've had a rough day. And you think, what did I do? You know, I haven't seen you all day. But because you're so close to them, they're the ones that you take about on. And God was my number one. I'm going to take it out on him because, hey, you know, I love you, Lord, and I'm going to have a heart-to-heart with you. And so I said this. I raised my finger like this. I said, Lord, I said, if this is my life, if this is, if this is where it's supposed to go, I said, when I see you face-to-face, I'm blaming you. That's what I said. I said, I'm blaming you for this. I said, because I'm doing my part of the deal. I'm believing, I'm receiving, I'm doing everything. I'm standing on your word and you're not doing your end of the deal. I said, I'm done. I said, I'm done. Now, not done with God. That wasn't what I was saying. I said, I was done with what I was going through. I said, I'm done. You can have it. I am over this. I've had it. I'm worn out. Now, talking about sleep, I wasn't sleeping for months. I mean, that's, this is what your crazy mind does, right? You even had to have a go at God sometimes. And so I rolled over and I slept like an angel. Slept beautifully. Here's the kicker. I woke up the next morning healed. Instantly healed. Yeah. (laughs) So I woke up and it was like, I was like Superman again. Like, you know, like I was back. My personality was back. I'm like, I'm back. I feel good. I feel strong. I feel... I feel like Kurt's back now. A lot of people who know me probably thinking, oh no, Kurt's back, you know, because I am a bit of a pest, you know, I am annoying. But I just, I actually enjoy me, you know, I like my own company. I'm thinking, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back, baby. And for the whole, that whole week, I was just enjoying being me again. I went home straight away. That day I went up and said, Mum, Dad, I'm going home. I'm with Tonya and the kids and Again, I still love God. I just had a moment with Him. You know, and when you, when you have a relationship, you're quite honest with Him. And I was being dead, dead honest. So, after a week, I, I knew I had to have a bit of a talk to him again because of what I said. So I pulled over. I said, Lord, I'm, I need to repent. I said, I'm so sorry. I, you know, you're, you're my Lord. You're my Saviour. I said, you've done so much for me. How, how dare I speak to you like that? How dare I? I said, please forgive me. I'm so sorry. And I'm sitting in the car on the side of the road and, man, it was dead silent. You know, he's not talking to me. And I'm thinking, 
I've upset him now, you know. Like, <laughs> if there's a time I'd upset him, this is it, because he's not talking to me. And it seemed to be a, a decade I was sitting in there in silence. And uh, it would probably only be a couple of minutes. And I said, Lord, I've got a question for you. I said, I need to know if I did what was, if I, if I spoke to you so badly and what I did was so bad, what, why was I healed? And as soon as I, as soon as I finished that word healed at the D, it was a millisecond when he answered me. And he said, Kurt, you finally cast your care on me. I was doing it in my own strength, see? I was doing it, I was pushing that whole six months, trying to do it. And he's, he's only concerned about our cares. And I love that scripture because it's not about problems. It's about your stress, your anxiety, your worries. That's what cares are. And he doesn't want us to deal with them. He says, throw them at me. I'll take them because I care for you. He actually cares for us. And so I, when I woke up, now, when I say I was healed, it didn't stop the lion reminding me about some stuff. But I, I found the key. I found the key. Once you find the key, then, you know, you, you actually can't be stopped. And I found the key to my healing, which was casting my cares. And so every time the devil would come and remind me about, you know, the next day, hey, Kurt, how are you feeling today? You feeling all right? Hey, it's not my care anymore. Take it up with the boss. Tears. Every single... And it's okay for stuff to come out of your mouth too. You know, I... The devil's a liar, you know, and even people say, I don't talk about the devil, you know, like he's nothing, you know. But Jesus actually gave us his strategy. I mean, it must have been important if he had told us, which was John 10 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. First one, steal. You know, he wanted to rob me of my joy, he wanted to rob me of everything. And so, I forgot what I was going to say, and it must have been really important. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the key, um, yeah, I was, I was going somewhere with that. Uh, yeah, I was going to say something that was really good too. The Lord will remind me, you talk, Mitch. I'll come back to that. <laughs> Interrupt me anytime. Yeah, I will. Yeah, case. it'll come. Yeah. Um, what should I say? Okay, well, well I, I've got a question for you. Yeah. Um, you said that he, the lion, did try to remind you of some of those things, yeah. but that you had a key and you were able to deal with it. And I, I wanted to just highlight... Yours was instantaneous. Yours, you, it moved from an obsession. It started waning as you were applying truth, and it got less and less and less, and the truth got bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Okay, okay, but here's my question. Um, have you had to defend that liberty that you got? Have you, did he ever come again? Or, like... Kurt, did, was that key of doubting your doubts and skepticism? Oh, what? what that, was, I, that was really helpful, that, that thing. Like, um, that was just a little memory tool or like a little, a little tool or a key or something, you know, like um, whenever negative thoughts come. And, and life has just moments when you're naturally sad or you're, natu you're just something sad happens. Like right now, what's going on on the news um, in Ukraine, you know, don't want to make it about that. But that, I'm sad from that. I'm sad by that. Um, thing that's happening around the world with COVID, that makes me sad. But it's, it's not the same as what I, was, what I experienced back then. It wasn't no. just sadness. It was, it was just this hopelessness kind of this grip on you. Um, so sometimes these thoughts come back, little thoughts. They're not, they're not the same thing. Um, I just know now... 
it's, it's now automatic. Mm. I don't have to manually go ahead with the step-by-step step that, I, that I knew. Mm. Um, actually, you know, just even recently, um, I had COVID recently, so um, I'm, I'm much better now. Um, but for anyone who's <laughs> wondering, um, I, 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 what was I going to say? I had a moment just it, like... It, it, <laughs> We're on fire up here this no, morning, it, it, this evening. You had a, you had a moment <laughs> recently morning. where that tried to, something bad happened. Well, some negative, that's what it was. Some thoughts came back while I was having COVID, you know, because I felt, again, some little trigger thoughts, like I'm feeling a little bit weak, I'm feeling a little bit vulnerable, I'm feeling a little bit sick, a bit sad. Um, maybe just by association, those sometimes little thoughts come in. And, and just like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, um, some thoughts came, they just had no chance to, to embed themselves in my mind. They just didn't. Um, they would come, little thoughts, and then you just, it's almost like God's like, we've, we've been through this before. Yeah. He's like, you've got the armor of God on. Like, you, you know what to do now. You're not like some, you know, guy who's training to go to battle. Like, you've, you're experienced. You've battled with me now. You know what you're doing. You know what it's like to wield a sword. You know what it's like to have armor on. It's it just became this automatic thing now, where um, I'm free, <laughs> uh, and it's I love the best that. feeling in the world. So. I love that. You know, I, I wanted to share something uh, in uh, f- from the testimony that I shared this morning. For me, after um, well, what happened with me was more of an instantaneous thing. I. F- I, I kept my nose above water with the word, with the word that I knew in truth that I knew about God. He was always stayed faithful to me. My thing was that I was such a failure to him. Yeah, I know, I know that seems so weird, but I, it just was so real. So... Um, People, uh, there was, um, we were at a meeting in the States, and uh, this young woman, she was probably 21 years old, maybe 20, 21 years old, started, uh, she came over, it was a prayer meeting, and I was sitting on the front row, and she came over to me and knelt down and started weeping. She put her, her head on my lap and just wept, and I knew she was praying for me. I mean, wept and wept and wept and wept. And then her mother came over put her, and put her head on my lap as well. And they both just were, and I'm just sitting there. And I was just so numb, I couldn't even do anything. And, um, and I had just gotten through ministering at their church, by the way. <laughs> but this was the Sunday night prayer meeting. And... Um, it broke. Just like like for you, it broke. I thought, whoa, Nellie. It was gone. And so then I asked the Lord later on, by my when I was by myself, I said, Okay, so what happened? How in the world did I get where I was at these this last period of time? And he showed me. And uh, for me, it was self-pity, where I was, I would say pitiful things about my, except pitiful, oh, if I were just, oh, if I, you know, if, uh, 
And I'd never do that to anybody else. I would never say those things to other people. But I did to me. And um, he showed me something that he showed to Brother Hagen in a vision, actually. Uh, when he was teaching Brother Hagen about devils, demons, and evil spirits, and there was one main spirit, a higher, higher class of spirit, that, um, and the madman of Gadara um, opened up like a trap door in that man's brain, and then smaller, you know, the legion, thousands, came in. And he said, he said, You'll, you'll never be able to control the legion. He said, control that one main one, that main thought. And he said, for you, and again, I, I know what you're saying. Not everybody's testimony is the same. But for me, anything that is pathetic and pitiful for myself, I know, stay away from that thought. Because if you get into this self-pity, well, if just me, whatever it sounds like, what comes in is uncontrollable. It's just thoughts, just like flies, just, just heaps of thoughts. But I can control that one thing. And I've been, it's tried to come, this has been years ago in Singapore, but boy, you recognize it. Boy, do you ever recognize it? It is not hard to recognize. It has a stink about it. It has a feel about it. And I've been someplace and say it out loud. No, you don't. That's and actually, I, just, I, I just remembered what I was going to say when you yeah, said oh, that. Good, good, good. good. I'm glad. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, because we're talking about the thief. You know, he comes to steal. And it used to come out of my mouth. And I used to yell. And I'm not going to do it in here because that's how loud I used to say it out. But I just say, no, no, devil, you're a liar. You're a liar. I'd be in the car, I'd be in the shower, and I didn't care who heard it. I couldn't care less. But if you want it bad enough, yes. you tell him. You tell him who he is for what he is. He's a liar. And he tells you lies, and he operates here. That's where he is. So, yeah, you, you got, it's got to come out of your mouth. And it says it's a, 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 you fight the good fight of faith, not the fight of good faith, of, uh, fight the good fight of depression, or fight the good fight of whatever. It's faith. The Lord knows it's a fight. He knows trusting Him is a fight. You just got to try. And it's, and it's a good fight, though. That's the best part. It's not just a fight. It's a good fight. So that means it's worth it. It's worth it for you to fight. Bless the Lord. And it's hard work in the battle, too. It's, fighting's not easy. And, that's and right. sometimes that's off-putting because you're like, I've got to do all this work and fight back. But it's yeah. like, what's the alternative? Defeat. If you don't fight, you just sit back and you become, you just, you're a mess. So it's worth fighting. It's really worth that. And um, I just want to say like one or two more things just to finish what I was saying because I feel I should say it. Um, God gets all the glory for this at the end of the day. There's nothing here that I've done that where I can stand firm and say that that was me. Like I've tried doing it on my own strength and I, I did that for a while. It doesn't work. There's nothing, I can't take credit for any of it. He gives you strength. He gives you his grace. He gives you power to yes, fight. Yes. Um, and so it's, which I'm just so privileged and so thankful for God that he actually is with me, that he, he gives us what we need to get through life. And um, sometimes in really messy seasons of life, 
He's not distant. He's, he's really close. And thank God for praying mothers. That's just one more thing I want to say. Um, with me, I didn't get much time to share. And, you know, we could probably talk for a long time about all this. But my mum, if you're listening, I love you. Thank you for <laughs> praying. You prayed and you stuck with me. And we've talked together. We've cried together. My parents, my dad, my mom, my grandma, they prayed and prayed and prayed for me during this. And um, I just want to see God hears your prayers. He hears you. Um, and my mom had this vision, really briefly, she had this vision of like this snake wrapped around my legs. You know, I'm not one to get lots of visions, um, but occasionally my mom sees things like that. Um, and she said she just saw this kind of restriction around my legs or something. And so she, she said, Mitch, you need to just pray. You need to pray. You need to speak over that. Um, the devil's doing what he can to try to lock you down. Um, and so, yeah, I, uh, I, I listened to what she had to say. Um, I sought the Lord on that, and God pulled me through. So thank you for um, my family. Just you ma- you make me look everyone. bad. Hi, Mum. <laughs> See, sorted out. Don't you love it? So that was the last thing uh, that I brought up this morning was the the word prayer, which could also be praise, prayer in the spirit, uh, or, you know, however, and then compassion. And I love that your family took, your mom and dad took you in, your wife extended this help towards you in this way. Your your mom and dad and, and grandmothers also prayed, and um, and this uh, these dear friends of mine also prayed. There's this there is this element of compassion, and the reason I want to bring this up is even if you're not struggling with depression, you can be used of God mm. to help bring deliverance to somebody else. And I tell you what. In, in the same way, in the same way that you, you know, each person has to be strong with the word. The people that are holding the line with compassion, don't give up. Don't give up. I um, just want to speak a word of encouragement to you. Uh, the people that you love, the people that you've seen tormented and, and you've held in your arms and they've cried and... Um, there's a work that Jesus did for them, and he's not giving up, and so you never will give up. You never will give up. And, and uh, I want to speak uh, encouragement to you because uh, love does not fail. Praise the Lord. Is there anything else you guys want to add before we just, pray? Just quickly, these were just the four things that, that helped me a lot. Number one is uh, because your mind does tend to be louder than everything else, I was putting on worship music in substitute. Just at night, just have it down low. Just, it, it just, it, it feels the presence of the Lord in the house. You know, it's just, you know, it's, it's just something I did and it really helped. Um, the next thing is, is find someone who you can trust to speak the word of God in your life, to bring courage. Because the devil, you may be feeling good one moment, but I'm telling you, he comes immediately. He doesn't muck around. You know, he's not going to come next week or next year. He's going to try and tell you some lies. So if you can't do it yourself, if you can't put the courage in your heart yourself by speaking the word, find someone you can trust, who you can call, and tell them, just say, preach to me. Just preach to me. Because you don't want someone sympathising with you. Because, you know, sympathies of the devil, compassions of God. 
You don't want someone coming, putting your arm and saying, oh, poor Curtie, oh, poor Curtie, you'll be okay, it's okay. You want someone to put your arm around and say, hey, guess what? God loves you Absolutely. and this is what he says. That's compassion. So, and there's one more thing. Oh, just scriptures, just finding a couple of scriptures. Just camp on a couple. Don't go too hard on the word. Find two, sit on them, meditate them and just let them become real in your life. And I tell you what, it'll be over in no time, trust me. Hallelujah. Okay, let's pray. And um, I'd like you guys to pray for people right now that could be uh, really struggling. And so I'd like you to just pray for them. You can go ahead. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you, Lord, and you're our, you're our help, God. You're, you're here for us. We thank you that we can know you, we can know truth, Lord, and that, God, you care about our family, you care about our friends, other people that we have at work, people that we know, um, just wherever we find ourselves in life, God, that there are people who, first and foremost, don't know you. And, Lord, so um, my heart just is burdened for these people who um, are trying to essentially do this stuff on their own. Mm. Um, Lord, I just pray that you put fire in our hearts to reach them for you, Jesus, so that they too can have that hope, Lord, that um, is within us, God. Um, Lord, that hope brings us through everything. And so, um, Lord, I just pray, God, that you just give us the time and the strength, Lord, and the will to go out and just share with people who might be suffering with depression or anxiety or just some a season of negativity or, or fear or whatever it is, God. Um, help us to have a good listening ear. Help us to be able to just hear what someone has to say and to just let them know that that you are not alone if you're out there. You are not alone and, and struggling on your own like this. There are people around you that can help. It really, really can help. And it does not get the final say. That there are There is definitely... Jesus who is there to help you and get you through this. And there are Christians and, and other people who care too. So, um, God, I just pray for those people who are in need right now. I just thank you, God, that you're with them, that you can give them strength, Lord, and that you um, draw near to them, Father, that you um, just be so present with them, God, during um, a difficult time, God. And um, we just give you all the glory for that, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we, uh, we thank you most of all for your Holy Spirit who is our comforter, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that you comfort people right where they sit right now. They are, they are listening to this, whether it be uh, now, next week, next year, and it doesn't matter because your word's eternal. And it's true and it doesn't stop being true. So, Father, we thank you that whoever's listening to this now, your Holy Spirit is comforting just as they comforting as they sit there, Lord, and they know that you are God, and that they know that you are good, and that they and that they know that you love them immensely. Lord, we thank you that uh, just like the scripture we, we talked about, Philippians one six, Lord, that they don't have to that, that they don't have to try and uh, you know get their healing. They've they've got it. They've got their healing. They just need to relax and know that you are going to complete the work that you started in them. And they can take confidence in that in Jesus' name. 
Father, even the Apostle Paul, you know, he used, to, he used to say he used to think on stuff and he wasn't supposed to think on stuff and do the things that he wasn't supposed to do, Lord. Even he said he was a wretched man. So, Father, we, and he wrote most of the New Testament. <laughs> so if, if guys like that can have, you know, uh, you know, can think like that, Lord, Lord, it's, it's no different to any of us. But guess what? We still worship the same God and he's still in the business for healing and he still wants you well. So we receive it for you today. In Jesus' name. And we thank you that your grace is sufficient. It is sufficient. Amen. 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 And finally, Father God, we, um, we take this opportunity to use the authority that we have in the name of Jesus. And we command tormenting, lying spirits that are playing with people that are listening to us right now that have been struggling in this area. We're saying in Jesus' name. You have no, no authority over that person. And in Jesus' name, we command you to take your hands off of their mind and off of their soul. Yeah. <clears throat> we just thank you, Father God, for uh, your presence, your very present help in the time of need. And greater is he that is in them than he that is in the world. And as Mitchell prayed for people who haven't come to Jesus yet, I thank you that you've made a way, a way out of where they are. And that way is Jesus Christ himself. Amen. We're so thankful for that. Hallelujah. Well, Father God, we just thank you for victory. We're so, so grateful that as we stand uh, or as we sit here, uh, we, we are just so mindful. <laughs> it's by grace through faith. It is through your mercy and compassions that we're not consumed. And it is by your grace that we kill this lion. And uh, we just believe that all around us are lion killers and they slay what is trying to slay them. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us. Let us hear what God's doing and has done in your life. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brainer.org.au. 